everyone. Welcome to Quick Quote, a Quote Me mini episode. I'm Cohen. I'm Anna. I'm John. I was going to do an Ian impression, but he's not here today. Um, he's elsewhere. What are you talking about? I'm right over here. That's not Ian. <laughs> Ian, when did you get here? <laughs> Ian has a very specific head cold that makes him do a Matthew McConaughey Batman impression. <laughs> okay. Anna, hey, why don't you tell us some stuff today? I will. Thank you. Um, this is, if we didn't get to it, this is Quick Quotes. It's our mini episode where we're going to talk about individual authors and not dive as much into their works, but kind of give some like fun stories. So it's a little bit more relaxed today. And with that being said, we're going to get dive straight into the Spanish Civil War in 1963. <laughs> <laughs> Very relaxed of you. Mm. Um, so a little bit of background. So in 1936, Francisco Franco overtook Spain with the support of Hitler in Germany and Mussolini in Italy. There were American volunteers fighting on the Republican side or like the anti-Franco side who were being cornered by German bomber planes. They ended up retreating to what they thought was a bridge over the Ebro River, um, which is a river that runs through Spain, obviously. Um, and it takes a lot of like the snow runoff from the mountains nearby, so it's really, really cold. At this point in the year, it was really, like, really full. Um, they were intending to cross the bridge, but the Germans had thought ahead and had taken the bridge down. So several um, American volunteer soldiers jumped into the water to try to escape capture, which would lead to their death. Right. Um, Two men made it out down the river and up a bank to avoid hypothermia, had to take off their clothes and hike through the woods. They were wounded. They had had this incredibly harrowing experience. They get to a road and see a black car pull up. And at this point, they don't know if it's like, if it's, you know, Franco soldiers, if it's, you know, Germans. Total mystery. This could be it. it. Could Um, be anything. Um, And out pops two reporters for... Uh, two American reporters. One is Herbert L. Matthews, and the other is Ernest Hemingway. I bet they didn't see that coming. Uh, that was a very <laughs> what large a wild shock. turn of events. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway, what are you doing here? So Matthews is trying to help them figure out, like, if their friends are, or like, if their other soldiers, like the people in their group, I don't know military terms, if their buddies are alive or dead, yep. who's been captured, who's drowned in the river, and Hemingway drunk as always, takes this opportunity to scream about fascism and say, like, these fascist, terrible people are never (laughs) going to get away with this. Uh, And he's absolutely no hope, cannot read social cues at all, all around a bad time. So for those of you that don't know, um, Ernest Hemingway was, he was reporting on the Spanish Civil War after having um, been an ambulance driver in World War One. So he was somewhat familiar, and yes, he did have qualifications, but he wasn't, like, the most qualified. The most, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we're talking about today. So here's some things about Ernest Hemingway. Um, in World War I, Hemingway was an ambulance driver um, in, in Italy. Um, he was wounded by a mortar shell, but continued to get himself and others to safety, and he was awarded a Medal of Honor from the Italian government for his work. Very impressive. Very impressive. 
that that's from the survival section of my notes. That is the the last aspirational thing that <laughs> is in that category. Well, that's oh. it. That's the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, he was also shot. Well, he shot himself in the calf, both calves, while wrestling a shark in Key West. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> I'm gonna need more details. <laughs> so, Hemingway seems to have just really been a thrill seeker and i don't know if this is related to his mental health concerns that we see come up more dramatically later on in life but he just could not do anything normal so he went on a fishing trip and later on i'll talk about his boat but it was like a 38 foot wooden fishing boat and he decided he was gonna fish for sharks so he like paddles out or sails out i don't know but i imagine it's like a little rowboat i think wouldn't he flip if he was trying to catch sharks in a little rowboat? He jumped into the water. Oh. And was like, oh, well, if you're fighting something, you just have to shoot it in the head and you'll be fine. But he couldn't shoot it in the head and he shot himself twice. Like, he shot himself through both calves because he couldn't just, like, give up a little bit of masculinity to paddle away from the shark. This is very different just, than how Old Man in the Sea played out. Uh, I just want to know, like, how... How did he miss so bad that he shot himself in the leg? I don't know. <laughs> that is a good point. Like, what was your angle when you fought? You know? <laughs> My best guess is that he was, like, trying to get a gun out of a holster. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. He seems like an angle holster kind of guy. Mm, okay. So I could see that maybe. Perhaps. I mean, it would be if he was already underwater trying to wrestle a gun out of a holster. Yeah. That would While be contending with a shark. Yeah. Um, doesn't yes. seem like it'd be an easy thing to do. He could have taken the dolphin approach and just punched it in the gills, but what do I know? <laughs> Why do you know that? Are you supposed to punch a dolphin in the gills? No, like, that's how... Because sharks are afraid of dolphins. I'm pretty sure this was on an episode of Mythbusters. Feel free to fact check me. I'm not a marine biologist, nor a professional shark wrestler, so <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Mm, sea mm. salt, perhaps. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you shouldn't be. <laughs> but dolphins will, whenever there's a shark around, like butt into the gills of the shark. I mean, it's like kind of like punching it in the lungs. Interesting. Yeah, or punching someone or in like, the throat. Yeah. yeah, like a throat punch. And then they can't, like it keeps them from being able to breathe. I, I'd always heard that like if you personally are being attacked by a shark, you should try and like punch it in the tip of the nose because that's where like their sensory equipment is and it like mm. totally discombobulates them mm. um i'm sure that's very hard to do in practice though uh, in the midst of things what it sounds like is that we are more equipped than Hemingway to fight a shark <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's absolutely true and we should go fight a shark <laughs> on the next episode of quote me the gang heads down to the beach for a very special adventure <laughs> that would work really well for an audio format <laughs> Ian's going to be so confused. <laughs> Where are we going? What are we doing? Um, Hemingway also survived two plane crashes on consecutive days with his fourth wife. Um, Wait, his wife also survived the crashes? Yep. Cool. Yeah. No, I mean, the pilot did really well. They thought he died. So there's a news article. It's like, Hemingway dies in a plane crash. And then they see him and he's just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Not dead. <laughs> Um, he was on one of his vacations in Africa, and he, yeah, he got on a little plane. It crashed. And then the very next day, he got on the same plane, and it crashed again. Why would you Man, that why is, would you get on the same <laughs> plane again? That is a bold choice. Uh, I was like, it should be fine this time. 
I mean, to be fair, he was fine both times, but at what cost? You know? <laughs> what was the potential? <laughs> you called him a thrill seeker. The more you talk, the, the more and more apropos it feels. Yes, uh, yes. Um, he also, on that same little fishing boat, decided to hunt for German submarines. <laughs> And his what? plan, so he had... <laughs> no, please tell me his plan. Grenades on this little boat. Mm. So he went out into the Gulf Stream. Keep in mind, there were no German submarines out there. It was fine. Like, he never came across any. Okay. Probably for the best. Ernest Hemingway, novelist, <laughs> <laughs> sailed out into the Gulf of Mexico on his little fishing boat with... I didn't know if you said he had, like, a crate or a satchel or, like, what, what they... But I... A container of grenades hunting for German submarines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. His plan was because he could get out there faster than the Navy. So he could paddle out or sail out. Again, I don't know what powered his little fishing boat. But he could go out there, see a German submarine, <laughs> bomb it with the grenades, and paddle away to safety before the Navy could get to them. So well, in his mind, in his little Hemingway mind, <laughs> he's stronger, faster, more agile than the U.S. Navy, and so he needs to take matters into his own hands. I wish I was that confident. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Faster than the Navy, the Ernest Hemingway story. I don't need a motorboat. I've got a me boat. I've got a fishing <laughs> boat. <laughs> the, that noise is him rowing. That, those yeah, are yeah, the, yeah. the oars. I, just Absolutely. to make it clear for everybody listening. <laughs> so I just like to like put myself in this in the poor man who had just crawled out of a river and like escaped narrowly escaped death from like opposing troops. They've survived this freezing cold like turbulent river, hiked through the woods wounded, not knowing if anyone else is alive or dead. You finally get some kind of get to some kind of safety and it's this man. The shark wrestling <laughs> German submarine hunting. Now <laughs> it seems like there's two ways you can look at this. On the one hand, if you just look at that like on the face of it without digging in too deeply, it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's like an action hero, you know? It's It'd be like the rock showing up to like rescue you. He sure um, does have the audacity. But <laughs> that's the way Anna has told the story. <laughs> it's almost like, oh no, it's Hemingway. <laughs> this guy that crashes planes and shoots himself in the leg and I like, think he might just be a bad luck charm. <laughs> but he's okay. It's <laughs> it'll hit them. <laughs> Oh my God, our ship's going to sink. Like, our car's going to flip. We're going to get shot at. I mean, just. <laughs> it's like, my God. Well, because you go through all of this and you're just like happy to be alive. And then you have to deal with this man. <laughs> and he's not going to be helpful at all because he's drunk screaming about fascism at you, not caring that you're wounded, not caring like, that you're a hypothermic. I think they know about the fascists, Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> They were just being bombed by them. (laughs) Oh, please tell us more about this wonderful man. (laughs) Wonderful is a word you could use. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
In Key West, in 1937, he spent $20,000 on a swimming pool. Okay. (laughs) Did he put a shark in it? And then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nothing really happened, but he did have to to move his at-home boxing ring to put it in. (laughs) Okay, question. Yeah. After he put the pool in, did he fill it? I would assume Was so. water added to the... Okay, all right. Just what did sure. you think he was doing? <laughs> in he just installed a, a pool, you know? Like, you <laughs> filled it? Like, like, go on and say, I was waiting on the other shoe to drop. Did he have, like, his own private <laughs> shark tank so he could, like, practice, get stronger, you know? Yeah. I could see that. I would not be surprised if he had caught a live shark and put it in there. So, we'll, we won't say that he did that, but we won't say he didn't do it either. Is Hemingway, like, the 1930s version of Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old his five wives were, so <laughs> I can't say for sure. <laughs> Was he married? Yeah, five times. Hemingway? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He is Nick Cage. Oh my, is he reincarnated? <laughs> Nick Cage is reincarnated Hemingway. Cohen got really excited. Like we were up and down and all around there for a second. Like (laughs) they're the same man. Okay, when was Nicolas Cage born, and when did Hemingway die? Nineteen sixty-one. Nineteen (gasps) sixty-four. You heard it here first. (laughs) That was the most amazing moment we've ever had. Simultaneous gasping. <laughs> I just wish we're Ian never, was here to witness our great triumph to be a part of it. We're never going to record a better video than this one. <laughs> never. This is peak comedy. <laughs> um, also, when Hemingway's favorite bar closed, much to the dismay of his wife, mm. he brought home a urinal. To the dismay of... <laughs> Okay, all right. I I, I, oh, I well, jumped in too soon. She was upset because he brought the urinal home. Not because... The bar closed, so now he'd be home more. Like, <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to hang out with my uh, husband. Can't you find another one? There's, There's so many. Please, just go anywhere but here. <laughs> I can't patch these holes any faster. So he brought the urinal home. <laughs> yes, he brought the urinal home. Tore it off the wall, I bet. Bare hands. like Probably. But this is when we get into his sensitive side. Oh. He turned it into a cat bowl. A little water bowl for his cats. Oh. <laughs> um, I think that is the appropriate response. Okay. <laughs> Was it like a fountain? Um, I think so. Okay. I think... I like to think now. I haven't been able to find any like videos of the working urinal, so I don't know if he poured water into it and was like, and, like just "Wow, for my cats," <laughs> or if it was like a flood. Yeah, he like rigged it up so that it would like pour water and it would just recycle. It would be more Hemingway for two reasons. Yeah, to do it that way. One because <laughs> it's a urinal and it it works. <laughs> 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 But then also because cats prefer to drink from running water, generally speaking. That's true. So also because we're about to get into his cats, um, I think he would like that. Yeah. 
Because it would be like, oh, it's so much better for my kitties. Yeah. <laughs> I love my kitties. <laughs> They're so sweet. <laughs> Do you know his cat's names? Um, I know his first cat's name. Okay. Um, he, he was gifted a cat named Snowball, who he also called Snow White, from a sailor. Oh. So the thing about this cat is it had six, to- six toes, <gasps> which is called polydactyly. And this little, it's a genetic thing. So it is technically a genetic disorder, but it doesn't really seem to affect anything other than they have extra toes. It happens in people too. Um, and But because Hemingway absolutely loved these cats and loved their adorable little extra toe beans, <laughs> they are now also called Hemingway cats. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. There are currently 54 cats at the Hemingway house in Key West. So we're going, right? Yes. (laughs) Gotta see see the six-toe cats. Let's take the podcast on the road. (laughs) We can do that on the way to the shark fight. (laughs) Yeah, big field trip. Ian's going to be so excited. I don't know why we're in the car. Where are we going? (laughs) We'll tell you when we get there. Just go with it. It's going to be fun. Um. Hemingway also thought that cats really like to have an S sound in their name. I don't know why he <laughs> thought that. Well, that was my follow-up. Um, how did we get there? <laughs> All right. So, Cross that off the list. So he tried to name them with S names. I don't know the names of his cats specifically. Okay. But he named them all after people. So there's one that's Marilyn Monroe. Um, there's a... Famous for the S sound in her name. Precisely. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> Is it like Snowball had an S name? An S sound in her name. I think he probably got it from his dad, who was a veterinarian. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he was a big, big cat guy. So, the Hemingway house has, a like, a little wall where they put all the names of the cats that have passed there with their birth and death dates. Um, other than that, I haven't been able to find the names of the cats, but here are some of them. Um, there's Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Mr. Betty Davis. <laughs> I like that. Gremlin. 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 Yes. Snowshoes. Oh. Mark Twain, which might be a, oh. a teaser for another episode. Oh. Ooh. Pauline Pfeiffer. Ragamuffin. Ragamuffin. Princess Six Toes. <laughs> <laughs> Roofer. Roofer. <laughs> and this is Roofer. <laughs> Joan Crawford. Yay. <laughs> There's a those whole bunch of them too, but those are some of my favorites. Very good. I like those. He's rumored to have had over 150 cats between his two houses in Key West and Cuba. Wow. Which is a whole lot of cats. How do you feed all those cats? I I imagine a lot of them were like semi-feral. Oh, John does have some extra John, uh, resident I, genius. I think I've put it all together, guys. I think I know what's <laughs> up. That's why he was out there wrestling the shark. He was trying to, <laughs> to catch it and bring it back home to feed the cats. <laughs> Obviously. Catch of the Duh. day. <laughs> You're so right, John. It felt true, you know. I don't know if that's true or not, guys. Like, just to be clear. Like, <laughs> But 150 cats, that's a yeah, lot of meat. That's, yeah. Shark, yeah, it is. good size one. Yeah. Think about it. I'm <laughs> Makes thinking. Sense. What if, okay, everything he did, yeah, he did for his cats. <laughs> Hemingway is 
Moseros are having written The Sun Also Rises, which was published in 1926, and For Whom the Bell Tolls, which was published in 1940 and was inspired by the Spanish Civil War, um, which is part of why I got started with that story. Um, and to, to close this section out, I have a little quote from him. Okay. And it's about cats. Of course. Awesome. A cat has absolute emotional honesty. Human beings, for one reason or another, may hide their feelings, but a cat does not. Ernest Hemingway. (laughs) (laughs) I think him and and T.S. Eliot would have been really good friends. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. If if you've never read an old possum's book of practical cats, it is a collection of poems by T.S. Eliot. It is truly wonderful and also the inspiration for Cats the Musical. Okay, hear me out. What if Cats the Musical, I don't know when they they translated it into... The, 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 the musical that it is, but wouldn't it be wild if it was Ernest Hemingway's favorite musical and he was there oh my gosh. at Broadway watching Cats? Wouldn't that just be the neatest thing? That'd be wonderful. Thanks so much for <laughs> listening to this episode of Quote Me slash Quick Quote. If you'd like more content like this, stay tuned. Tune in next month. We'll see you then. Bye! 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 Bye.